0: Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. We are truly excited to be together, even if it's online today. My name is Chris, I'm one of the pastors and elders here at Covenant Life Church, and we're delighted that you're able to join us uh, through our live stream on Facebook Live. I just wanna say, first of all, good morning and Happy New Year. Uh, The Lord reigns, he sits on the throne, and we are excited that we can give praise and worship to the Lord. I wanna start by saying thank you to all of you who have prayed for me and Donna and for our family, as we have recovered from some very brutal effects of COVID-19. It has not been easy, but the Lord has been faithful. And we've been encouraged by so many of your phone calls and texts and emails expressing concern and offering intercessory prayer. And I'll just say, don't let those stop. That really helps. In addition to our family and uh, many others that we know and love, many of you in our church community have also been suffering these past few weeks with COVID. We've had a bit of a breakout in our church community. And I wanna encourage all of us as a church community to continue to pray for everyone in our church family and for those in our community at large who have been ravaged by this dreadful virus. I would be remiss if I didn't take just a few moments to mention our very dear friend, pastor and brother Jerry Linares and his wife, Susan. Uh, Jerry and Susan were with us for many years. He was an elder in our church before he and Susan uh, with Lindsay went on to be with brother Bill Murphy in Starkville, Mississippi. And more recently, they have lived in Monroe, Louisiana, where our dear friends David and Betsy Trapp have been there with them. Uh, Jerry is in the hospital uh, with COVID-19 and the doctors do not believe that he's going to make it. Um, Susan also has COVID and Lindsay does too, but I just spoke to Brother Bill this morning and they were able to see Jerry uh, yesterday and they are knowing that he is in the hands of God And we love him dearly, and I just want us to be mindful to be praying for Jerry um, and for Susan and for Lindsay. I also want to mention that many others in our church have had a positive COVID test, and so we want to be praying for them. And last night, Fahima, our very beloved uh, childcare worker in our nursery downstairs, along with her daughter, Nabiha, reached out to me and asked us specifically for us to be praying for her and her family as they have tested positive. And there there are many others, uh, friends and pastors from around the country that I've heard over the last few weeks have also been stricken uh, by the virus. I bring all of this up because we live in a very real world but we serve a very real God. I'm asking for the Lord's mercy to be revealed to us to each of these people that I have mentioned, to those that I've not been able to mention. And I'm asking for God's presence to be felt, that he would quicken each person in their physical body, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead would quicken their mortal bodies. For Jesus is our healer. He is our source, and as his word promises, No weapon formed against us shall prosper. And even if in this life, in this body, our life is diminished or removed, when we are in Christ, our life has no end. For his abundant life begins and is forever. So this is my prayer over each of us and everyone in my hearing. This is the promise of the psalmist in Psalm 91 that he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Could I ask you to please join me in the coming days in praying this promise over our people and over those that we love uh, and those in our community, being diligent to offer a fervent and effective prayer. Now, as I've, and you'll have to excuse uh, my raspy voice, hopefully I won't have any coughing spells, but as I've thought about this new year, something many of us take the time to do each January, I've had one word keep coming to my mind. That word is seek, seek. I don't know if I can say that it's a word for the year for me, but I I do think the word seek or seeking is central to a few of my favorite verses in the Bible and maybe pertinent to where we find ourselves today. Like when the prophet Isaiah said, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Seek the Lord while he may be found." And then I I thought about this verse in Matthew six where Jesus instructs us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Seek first his kingdom. Interestingly enough, the very first words spoken by Jesus, as recorded in the Gospel of John, are when he said to a couple of disciples from John the Baptist, What are you seeking? What are you seeking? And in the same gospel, the first words spoken by Jesus after his resurrection were, whom are you seeking? And it it just makes me realize that we are all seeking. We're all looking. We may be seeking direction or healing or new opportunities. We may be seeking forgiveness, renewal, restoration. We may be seeking comfort or peace or strength courage. Regardless, Regardless, we are all seeking. And as Jesus asked those early disciples, I can almost hear him asking you and me today, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? As we ponder this new year with our hopes that it will be better than last, with our fears that it may not be, and our concerns that things may never recover, I hope that we can move past the what and what we are seeking and move on to the who and who we should be following. Something else that's occurred to me as I've spent a lot of time praying over these past few weeks, and that is that I have so few answers in myself. I have so few things in myself in which I can take pride and be boastful of. I know that may not surprise you, it shouldn't surprise me, but this past year has more fully demonstrated to me that God's grace is the only thing sufficient for where we are, the only thing, His grace. And we should learn and live by the words the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church when he said, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content. Listen to that word, content. I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, even calamities, for when I am weak, then I am strong. This reality is becoming increasingly obvious to me, especially when I remember um, some of my perceived areas of personal strength that really are not strong at all. I had one of those moments this past March, we probably all did, when someone asked me exactly what I thought about this novel coronavirus and how it would impact the church and our church and God's people. Boy, did I have my opinions. Man, I had lots of analysis and determination and assessment, what we needed to be doing and how we needed to be doing it. And and some of it was not all that bad. But let's just say my expertise about all of this has faded considerably. I have found myself, as I'm sure you have as well, not being able to lean on my own wisdom, but on the everlasting arms of Jesus. I have found myself not so sure of my own footing, but by his grace, I found myself rooted in his love for me. And I've had it pressed into me over and over again in my weakness and in my hardship where I've witnessed calamity and suffering and yes, even persecution, that it's in that place of insufficiency that he is more than sufficient. It's in my weakness that he is strong. And therefore, as Paul said, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. This is all reminded me of something I've always known but increasingly am convinced of. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Both James and Peter give that same instruction word for word in their epistles to the New Testament church. And when James says it, he goes on to say, submit yourselves therefore to God. And when Peter wrote those same words, he went on to admonish us to therefore humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt us in due time. These scriptures point to two vastly different ends of the spectrum, but you can see them both in the landscape of the larger universal church, even today. In many cases, you'll find people operating in pride. They don't call it that, but it's pride and it's arrogance, even in the name of God sometimes. Sometimes it's overt, sometimes it's subtle, but I'll remind us, God opposes the proud. But if you look closer, just scratch the surface, you'll also find followers of Jesus who are submitted to him and who are humbly operating under his mighty hand. And I thought about that. Think about operating under the mighty hand of God. Under that hand, we find protection and provision. We find direction and correction. We find upgirding and strengthening from beneath, but we also find him guarding us from our left and right and from above. His mighty hand right under there is where we need to be operating. All of this reminds me of something a friend of mine once told me Uh, where I used to work before I came back to pastor the church here. She was a very funny coworker, and she told me things, all sorts of things, that I would try to mimic even though I was way too old and way too white to be saying any of it, (laughs) which is probably why she told me this, the one thing that I have never forgotten. She looked me in the eye when I was trying to be um, like her, and she looked at me with all seriousness, and she said, Chris, you need to learn to stay in your lane. (laughs) Stay in my lane. I knew what she meant. I, I figured out that there are just some lanes that I don't belong driving in, and have you ever noticed that if you're the person in the wrong lane, probably going the wrong direction, you're the only one that doesn't know it? Everybody else sees it. I wonder if that's what the world is looking at much of the church like today saying, they need to stay in their lane and they don't even realize they're in another one going the wrong direction. Well, I think I figured out this that the lane God has for us to stay in, it's the lane of submission to him and humbling ourselves under his mighty hand. It's not for me to worry about exaltation, about looking good or being impressive or trying to figure out when my vindication is going to occur. That's God's business and it's his timing, my lane, our lane is to humble ourselves and he will exalt when he's ready i don't have to be the expert on pandemics or wearing masks or on politics or on constitutional law or on vaccines or fake news or any other hot button topic that the world tells me i need to have an opinion about i'm called we're called to seek the Lord while he may be found, and to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. We're called to submit ourselves to God and to humbly remain under his mighty hand, for God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, I know all of this may seem simplistic to some, but in the world where we live, where things have gotten really complicated, too complex and strained on all levels with people in and out of the church being more hateful and hurtful than helpful and loving. I think it's time for us to remember to stay in our lane. And it will help us to put less confidence in ourselves and more confidence in God's grace. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word to us. I hear you saying, seek me while I may be found. Seek first my kingdom. I hear you saying to humble ourselves before you, to submit ourselves to you, To put ourselves under your mighty hand and i pray for us as a church community that you will help us to walk in your footsteps and to stay in our lane i pray that we would in staying there receive the full mercy and grace of god provision and healing and sustenance I pray that the joy and peace and righteousness of the Holy Spirit would be ours each moment of each day and that it would give us testimony that God is on the throne and he is caring for his own. Lord, help us above all else to not be proud, to not be arrogant, but to be humble before you and receive all that you have. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I wanted to bring in some of our elders, uh, not all of us this morning, but to just give context to what we're going to be doing as a church community over the next three weeks. Uh, This has been a historical piece for our church community is to set aside three weeks, and we will begin that this Wednesday, January 6th, as a three week period of prayer and fasting, asking the Lord to help us, to speak to us, to purify us, to humble us, and to more clearly see what he is doing and hear what he wants from us. And so I've asked uh, Bill uh, Conley and Jay Center and Curtis Foreman, three of our seven elders to join me as we can just give you an understanding of what we'll be doing over these next three weeks. I will say that just with the understanding of COVID and all the restrictions right now, that our Wednesday night prayer time will be by Zoom. And those links will be going out to you uh, later or earlier this week in order for you to join from seven to eight on Wednesday nights uh, by Zoom. Uh, Hopefully we'll have enough participants where we can break into small groups and allow for uh, fellowship, but also prayer and intercession. And we'll be doing that four Wednesdays throughout January, the 6th, the 13th, the 20th, and the 27th. So more details will be coming to you. But Bill, why don't you just share with us what your perspective is on the importance of prayer and fasting, what you believe God is saying to us in this season.
1: Thank you, Chris. It's good to see you. Um, God's word, he says that every one of my words will accomplish exactly what he designed it to do. So here we are in prayer and fasting. What we are going to do is we're going to fast and we're going to pray. But in God's word, he tells us what he's going to be doing. The word for fasting is sum. And that means Humility is going to be attached to our lives. We can do nothing apart from God. He even has to give us the humility that Jesus portrayed in his life and what God portrays in his life and who he is, because he always gives us who he is, and he always does who he is. So in that humility, we are able to do the Hebrew word is kana, Uh, And it means that you're going to surrender all the things that you know in your life, all the things that you've learned, all your experiences. So in surrendering that, that means that you are open to hear what he has to say. So while we are fasting, God is putting in us the ability to be humble, to recognize that apart from him, we can do nothing. The next one is prayer. That word is palal. And that means The words of authority and the words of direction. When you uh, read the Lord's Prayer, when you read the prayer throughout the scriptures, you'll always see that it speaks of his authority first and then tells you what's going to happen after that. That's his direction. But our prayers as we are praying to be mindful, in fact, that we want to pray what's in his heart. We want to pray what he desires in his heart for us. And what that is, is to recognize who he is. He is our Heavenly Father. He is also the Creator, God Almighty. And he points us to his amazing son, Jesus, and all that accomplished through that. He bought back the Garden of Eden with the price that he paid. We can walk with him in the coolness of the day and speak with him. And then get the direction from his word. So in our prayer and fasting, recognize that God has been place in us humility and he's going to show us how to speak who he is and what his direction is for us and i'm
0: thankful for the time amen bill that's really really good very clear and a great perspective uh thank you for sharing with us jay share with us what you um have been hearing in the lord and how we can be focused on this time of prayer fasting thank
2: you brother chris um when you called or texted yesterday about the prayer and fasting I was, you know, kind of blown away by it. Uh, but this morning I woke up with a song in my heart, an old song from David Ingles: says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ, a brand new creation in Him. I'm a partaker of His divine nature. On me He will not impute sin. So this is the lane that we're in. This is the lane that he's given us. Uh, Jesus said when the uh, people around him were asking him about uh, John's disciples fasting and the Pharisees fasting, uh, Jesus said that they couldn't fast while the bridegroom was with them but the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them or taken away from us. In those days we will fast or they will fast. And God's given us, uh, times of fasting. I had two and a half years out of work in Oklahoma, about 30 something years ago, in which time, uh, I did a lot of fasting and praying and God brought me over here and has restored everything that the locust ate out there in Oklahoma and even more so. And um, corporately uh, the fasting that we did last year, I think brought us through this year or the last year. And we were, better off, uh, more blessed, more consistency, and even expanding and growing in Lord. And nationally, that's to be determined. There's a lot of people that are fasting and praying for our nation. But one thing is for sure, God has done great things and he's given us vaccines against covid that are record-breaking miraculous time that it's done i mean apart from god it couldn't happen now joel talks about well he talks about a lot of fasting but he talks about the point the lotus seed and the canker worm and the caterpillar and every other thing eats but he says in verse 12 of uh, chapter 2 through 14 he says yet now even now declares the lord return to me with all your heart and with fasting weeping and mourning and rend your heart and not your garments Now return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness, and relenting of evil. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him so that's what we're working toward that's what we're asking for and that's why we pray fast and pray amen
0: that's so good thank you what a great reminder brother curtis share with us just what's on your heart and how we prepare for this time
3: thank you pastor as i have prayed about this whole period, and especially our upcoming time of prayer and fasting. I found myself praying not for what we can't do right now, but for what we can do and can be. And uh, I think God has told us that we can pray and we can fast because God hears our prayer and God knows our hearts and he honors it. So I'm going to focus on what we can do and what the church can be. In Exodus 33, Moses and God point out the distinguishing mark of the people of God, and it is the presence of God. Very simple. And that can be for a million or for an individual or for billions. There's no difference. And the promise in James 4 is, that, if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us, and that sometimes is our deepest need always another sign of what we can do and what the Church can be, regardless of circumstance, is to love one another as He has loved us and john thirteen thirty five says this is the indicator by which all people know that we are his disciples the third thing that we can do and, and the church can be is in restoration restoration encouragement and refreshing not just for ourselves although that's crucial that's a beginning point but restoration and encouragement and refreshment for others matthew eleven twenty-eight says come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest so i want to be his person while i'm wanting us to be his people i want to draw near to god while i'm praying for others to feel that drawing and i want to keep trying to love one another the way he has loved us and i want restoration for myself and from my brothers and my sisters. So I'm gonna come to him daily. Thank you, Pastor.
0: Amen, Curtis. Thank you, brothers. I appreciate each of you. I'm very grateful to get to walk with you along with Jim and Roger and Jamie as well, and then all of our leaders in our church, and I am excited about this season of prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. We're just going to close right now. So we'd like to ask all of you that are watching by live stream to join us in just a few moments of prayer. I'm going to ask Bill to lead us out in prayer, and then I'll close this uh, when, we've, when we conclude.
1: Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you are
0: our Heavenly Father,
1: and you love us so. We thank you, for how you guard our hearts. You give us direction. You give us guidance, because of your great love. You have that desire to walk with us, as we should have that same desire. But we're thankful, Lord, that this time we are going to be praying, and we are going to be fasting, and we're going to be mindful that the things that you are doing for us inside us, the changes, to have the character of our Lord and Savior Jesus. All we can say, Lord, is thank you. We trust you. You are trustworthy. You are faithful to your word. We all have lived, we all have experiences of your faithfulness, of your healing mercies, of your blessings, and all the goodness that you are. That, Lord, we are trusting you in this time. We are searching you with all of our hearts, and you promise we will find you. And we love you, Lord, and thank you for being our father. In the precious name of Yeshua, he will rescue
2: Father, we thank you that you are Lord, that you are the creator, that you hold everything in your hands. And we know that you hold 2021 in your hands. And whatever it holds for us, we know that you are faithful. We thank you for your faithfulness. Your loving kindness, your mercy, your grace, your favor. Lord, as Brother Curtis has said, we want to have all of that so that the world would know that we are yours. Mm -hmm. We thank you. We bless you this morning. Open our eyes to see you in the times that we live in and to seek you with all our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Father, as we go into these weeks of special prayer and special fasting, because we do believe, as Jay said, that it sets the tone for the year. It puts us in your way and your direction and under your Lordship. We don't want to waste time, Father, on sidetracks. We want to be on your path, by your wisdom, in your strength, for your purposes, and with the confidence of your direction and provision. And whether we're one, or a household, or a scattered for the moment family, and as a part of the worldwide body of Christ, we will draw near to you believing your promise that you will draw near to us. We do want restoration for ourselves and for one another. And we do want to demonstrate that you honor faith, you answer prayer, you're able to do far more than we ask or think. And today, regardless of circumstance or numbers, we claim your promise in our hearts, in Jesus' name.
0: Lord, we set aside, we set ourselves aside for this season of prayer and fasting. And I pray that you will direct us as families, as individuals, and as a church community to reflect upon you and your word and on what you have for us. We ask that you would be glorified and that we would be able to say with Isaiah, have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint nor grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. The Lord bless each of you and may the Lord bless us as we prepare this coming week to seek his face. Amen.